0: Welcome to Based Liberty. I'm your host, Darren Wiseman. I'm not politically correct, and I'm not afraid of the consequences for the things I say. I'm simply here to speak the truth as I see it from where I'm standing, and let the chips fall where they may. Welcome to Based Liberty, fellow thought criminal. Enjoy your stay. Welcome to Based Liberty episode 59. It's Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. Darren Wisely here, as always, just thrilled to be with you today. And before we get started, just want to make sure you're subscribed so you can check out everything we got going on and be updated when I drop new content. You can follow my Twitter, my Facebook. If you don't feel like looking all that up, go to basedliberty.com, name of the show, And if you like what we're doing and you want to support this show, you can become a thought criminal yourself for as little as $2 a month. And it'll help us get the truth out there, which, as you know, is very, very challenging in these times. They're censoring me and other like-minded people. And for those of you who are supporting, it is just so greatly appreciated. It's quite a challenge to wake people up and get the word out there with the insanity the media is pushing And this does take up a lot of my time. I mean, I love chatting with you guys. It's kind of therapeutic for me. But just like this week, it's my second show of the week. So trying to stay up on that and um, have some support is very helpful. So if you do want to support, please do. You can follow the link on the show to the Anchor or Patreon. We do have goodies for supporting listeners. If you can't, I totally get it, but you can support us for free. Doesn't cost you a dime to share the show with your friends or leave us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts, and that too will help us wake up all of these people that need to know the truth. So today I'm going to talk about the Chauvin trial. Of course, that's been the big thing in the media, but I just want to warn you before we get started, if Your feelings are hurt easily. This probably isn't the episode for you, and if you follow me, you know. I just say it like it is. I'm unapologetic. But I think my opinion could take some flack from both sides of this issue, because what I'm going to say is just my thoughts from where I'm sitting. And if you have a preconceived bias one way or the other, then you might be kind of offended. And it seemed kind of like going into this trial, everyone had their mind made up based on how they feel about cops. If you like cops, it's, oh, he's just doing his job. He's innocent. It's a hard job. He's back the blue. And if not, it's, oh, he's a racist. Uh, Let's hang him in the street right now. You know, screw the trial. And those are kind of the two sides of the issue I saw going into it. But I really wanted to go into this with an open mind, and I watched a lot of this trial to give an opinion based on the actual evidence presented to the jury. You cannot go off what the media says because just like with everything else, the media is lying. They push a narrative just like with COVID and all this other stuff to get the result they want. So I actually wanted to see what actually got admitted into evidence, what got to the jury, and and kind of go from there. So that's what I'm basing my opinions off of. And, uh, you know, I touched on this before in other episodes, but this whole back the blue, the thin blue line narrative that a lot of conservatives get sucked into, it's unfortunate and it really doesn't make a lot of sense when you sit back and think of it from a logical perspective. Because all of these idiotic, insane liberal policies that's being pushed? Well, who enforces them? (laughs) Okay, the cops. Who shuts down businesses in violation of tyrannical governor orders? Same people. Who enforces unconstitutional gun laws? Oh, okay, you got it now? You see what I'm saying? If you have a back to the blue and don't tread on me at the same time, it's cognitive dissidence. It really is. Because without an enforcement arm... None of these insane leftist policies, these tyrannical, idiotic things that government does, they they would never have an effect. They'd have no way to do it. It's like what Andrew Jackson uh, said when the Supreme Court ruled against him. He said, John Marshall ruled against me. Let's see him enforce it. Well, same thing. If no one enforced these policies these politicians pushed, then all they would be is a statement written on paper. They'd have no actual effect. And I'm not saying that cops can't be good either. They're individuals just like anything else. If they choose to uphold their oath to the Constitution, great. That's awesome. We need more people doing that. And that's why I support the idea of a sheriff because it's actually accountable to the people, the law enforcement's local, they're part of the community, so they have a stake in not violating people's rights. But state cops, on the other hand, well, they basically are just there writing traffic tickets, the Gestapo's for the governor here in Michigan, And they're not really keeping us safe. And again, they're enforcing all of this crazy tyranny. So I'm not biased one way or the other. I'm just simply pointing out that people need to see nuance in the issue of law enforcement and not just have a blanket opinion and throw everyone into it. And, of course, liberals are crazy with the whole thing. I mean, that goes without being said. Oh, cops are racist. They shoot blacks for sports. I mean, give me a break. I mean, that's just, it's so ridiculous. But that's the exact problem is liberals talk, blame everything on race. Oh, the cops are racist. But then conservatives react with, oh, back the blue, because it's got to be the polar opposite of what the liberals are doing and what that does is it boxes the conversation into this narrative that the state enforcement mechanism is totally valid in anything they're enforcing unless it has to do with race. See, that's what the media and the politicians kind of box it into but that is the big distraction. The real issue is that it's a government problem not a race problem It's a problem of government constantly violating our God-given rights, not upholding the Constitution, enforcing arbitrary measures, but it has nothing to do with race. I mean, anyone can see that who has two brain cells to rub together. But because of this distraction, no one is able to talk about the real issue, and it keeps the government to have their power because everyone is driven off into this stupid smokescreen about race. I'm gonna talk about the trial, and like I said, I watched a lot of it, and I knew the media had convicted Chauvin to die from the moment it started. I mean, that's very clear, anyone can see that. So I was really interested, knowing all this, to see if the guy would get due process and a fair trial, as he is entitled to, as every citizen is entitled to. So he was charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. And first of all, I just got to point out how idiotic the whole thing is. Uh, everyone's, you know, has their stupid mask on in the courtroom. I mean, it's, it's just such a joke. And, you know, there's this young girl testifying who supposedly was a witness to this whole thing that went down. And just like any witness, they ask you to identify the person you're discussing and you know usually they'll point the witness will point to the defendant and say yeah that's him over there and then then it's on the record that's just pretty standard in any court uh criminal proceeding so they ask this girl you know is is this guy who's chauvin of course the defendant is he here and she goes i don't see him (laughs) because he's got a mask on i mean he's sitting right there at the defendant table and she doesn't recognize him so then he stands up, takes off his mask. If I was his attorney, I'd say, "Don't, don't, don't out yourself. Let, let's, uh, let, let's, let's cause some more problems here." But but he stands up. She, oh, there he is. Points him. Okay. But I just wanted to point out, not that the case turns on this issue, but just another ridiculous thing with the mask, the COVID, and in the trial. So when I'm looking at this case, you, you know, you have the video with Chauvin on Floyd's neck, you know, we've all seen it, and Floyd's on the ground, Chauvin's knee's on him, and my first thought is, going into this case, involuntary manslaughter at best. So, second-degree manslaughter, that's involuntary manslaughter, you know, different wording based on what state you're in, same concept. And what people have to realize is that murder requires a certain mens rea, And you have to have a certain intent to be convicted of murder. It can't just be that you killed someone. That's That's not murder. There has to be some level of intent that has to be proven, of course, beyond a reasonable doubt, these elements. So to me, that's why when looking at this case, murder charges were really out of the realm of possibility for me. And I saw this as a worst case scenario for the manslaughter charge. Because you can make the argument that when Floyd's no longer resisting and Chauvin's got his knee on his neck, you could consider that negligent, which would be an involuntary manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter is basically a negligent killing. So kind of like, say, a drunk driver uh, hits someone and kills them. Well, that would be a negligent manslaughter. You didn't have the intent to murder someone, but because of your recklessness, you're still going to be held responsible. So that's kind of how I looked at this is that you could argue that, okay, he's not fighting back, it's negligent to keep your foot on his neck, then he happens to die. But again, there's no evidence for any type of murder. So that's where I'm kind of drawing the line as I go into this, that the case really surrounds if you can convict the guy of manslaughter, to me, murder was off the table. So that's where my head was. But if you follow the case, actually, as the trial went on, as more evidence came out, more testimony, it went a lot better for the defense for Chauvin than I had actually anticipated. And some examples of this: you have the state's own witness saying that Chauvin could have tased Floyd in this, given the facts, given the training, given the circumstances. But instead, Chauvin used less force than he was entitled to do so. So using a taser because, um that is, I mean, supposedly it's less lethal, but it is a very, um, strong use of force, and this witness, who again, was from the prosecution, was saying, actually Chauvin could have tased him if he wanted, instead he did this lesser thing, which was this, you know, uh, restraining mechanism that he had Floyd in, so, now again, whether a cop should use that much force, given this circumstances, that's a separate issue, and I have a bit of a problem with that, uh, I think that Uh, A lot of times law enforcement uses much more force than is necessary. But just from a trial perspective, the fact that the state's own witness said Chauvin could have used more force but didn't, that's pretty damning to the state's case when you look at it objectively. Because they're saying that actually he could have done more, but he didn't. So that was one real kind of red flag in the whole thing that stuck out to me. And also the fact that Floyd was on all this cocktail of drugs, I mean, it really muddies the waters because you're talking about fentanyl, I think meth. I mean, these are some hard drugs. These are some things that could kill anyone at any time. You know, you're rolling the dice taking these kind of substances. And it's also pretty clear from other testimony that Floyd had some type of heart condition. So he's got a heart condition. He's on this cocktail of drugs. Now, the people against Floyd will say, oh, he's a druggy loser, he deserved to die, and, you know, that's all BS, and supposedly Floyd held a gun to a woman's head or whatever, and he had this counterfeit money. Well, the government counterfeits money all the time, (laughs) but all of that is irrelevant. Uh, It has nothing to do with the case, and that's another one of these emotional arguments that I'm talking about that people make. You know, you can say that Floyd, you know, was not a good guy or whatever, but that doesn't mean you know, he deserved to die, or that doesn't necessarily mitigate the circumstances. So, either due process matters or it doesn't, and that's why I want to stick to the relevant facts, not what kind of a guy he was, what his history, blah, blah, blah. What are the actual circumstances in this case, not what kind of a guy Floyd is if you like him, if you don't. So, that's one thing I think people more in support of Chauvin make this mistake, Of kind of overplaying their hand and saying, "Well, Floyd's a bad guy." He's well, that doesn't matter. Um, I think you have strong enough facts right there to say Floyd or Chauvin certainly didn't murder anyone, and even the manslaughter case is very, um, very tough at best to show. So, you know, where the drugs and this health heart condition come become relevant is that it's possible that Floyd could have died alone from from those factors and if that's the case you have no causation and without causation well there's no crime at all not even a manslaughter because just because you do something negligent well that doesn't mean you're liable if you didn't cause any harm so for instance say I run a red light okay well that's a negligent act I'm putting people at risk when I shouldn't But if I run a red light and someone halfway across the world dies in a car accident, well, me running that red light didn't cause that person to die in the car accident, right? There's no causation. There's no link between the negligent thing I did running the red light and someone else's harm. So in this case, if you can show that Floyd died irrespective of this hold he was put in, by Chauvin and that he died basically because of the drugs, his heart condition, these other factors. Well, then you don't have causation and then then Chauvin should be acquitted he, he, because then he didn't even commit manslaughter. The death had nothing to do with him under that theory. So it wasn't completely clear to me that the drugs completely destroyed the causation issue. Um, you can watch that and determine for yourself what you think there, but remember this is a criminal trial. All you need is to, as a defense, is to show reasonable doubt. And I think with that factor in play, it's very hard to prove even manslaughter beyond a reasonable doubt. But the, the murder aspect to me is pretty ridiculous. So ultimately, in my opinion, the case was for manslaughter as the very strongest charge Chauvin could be convicted of. The idea that there was murder, again, is ridiculous. And I think it's really hard to objectively say there was manslaughter due to the state's own witness kind of supporting uh, Chauvin in the defense, and then also what I talked about with the drugs, health condition, and whatnot, but you can make an argument either way, I think, on the manslaughter, but of course, you have the jury come out right away, convict him on all charges. And it's very obvious that the mob being threatening to burn down cities if they didn't get their way had a huge factor in this. I mean, people are afraid to not wear a mask into a store because some Karen might say something to them. Someone might be rude. So don't tell me that these people aren't threatened by mobs threatening to burn down cities, dox them, even threatening them or their families personally. You can't tell me that didn't weigh on these jurors. To pretend like these jurors were not under duress is an absolute joke. It ignores reality. And you you can be glad that Chauvin was convicted, but don't sit here and be so dishonest to tell me that the mob had no effect at all on these jurors. And, and even this judge, he seemed pretty biased toward the prosecution. Um, for example, they were talking about the supposed exhaust that Floyd may have been subjected to when he was on this hold, and the prosecution brought this evidence in very late, and the judge said, you can't even reference this or I'll declare a mistrial. Well, what'd they do? They went and referenced it. He didn't declare a mistrial. So he went against himself right there. And then just like with the jury, how can the judge impanel this jury and tell me it's impartial with the media, the threats of violence? I mean, the idea is ludicrous. It's absurd. But of course, the judge, he's got to protect himself. He's looking out for number one. And I hear people say, well, Chauvin will win on appeal. We'll get it on appeal. Really? You think an appellate court wants that pushback. They want responsibility for cities burning down based on their decision to return, to overturn the case. Or even the judges themselves getting doxxed and threatened. I don't think so. Get out of here with that, man. <laughs> These people, they don't have balls. They're just out to protect themselves. It's not happening. The idea, oh, justice. <laughs> I mean, it's a fairy tale. Justice is a fairy tale. So... Really what you have in this country is trial by media for these big cases. And in this case, this cop's thrown under the bus, but who knows who's next? It could be one of these so-called, oh, domestic terrorists at the Capitol, you know, if the media wants to come after them. Or anyone else the media just doesn't like and they can rouse a mob around, um, they can get their way. They're just going to incite a riot like petulant children until they get what they want. The whole system is just going to become a complete joke if that's the case. If you believe they are delivering due process, you've got to wake up. Because, obviously, it's a very Orwellian precedent with these kangaroo courts and these trials by jury. And people are just going to kowtow to the mob unless we do something about it. So, And that's why the Second Amendment matters so much. But then, then they take away our, our rights to do that. So what do you do? I mean, you're screwed. So there's the show. Hope you enjoyed my analysis. I tried to be as objective as possible, stick to facts and evidence. But we really do got to look out the brainwashing, the grip the media has on people. Um, Now it's leaking over into these trials. And they use useful idiots to get control to get what they want. So um, very, very concerning, certainly. But, uh, hey, stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Take care. Hope you enjoyed.